Blog Talk Radio. Champa, blah, blah, blah. I took care of that. And then Velveteen Dream kind of distracted UE, you know, with taking shots at Marina Saphir, uh, Roderick Strong's wife, and saying, I'm going to take care of business tonight, and Marina will be so proud. And then the lights come back up, and Roderick Strong saying, you're going to regret what you did. I'm going to make you wish you were never born. Well, no, you know, stereotypical response in wrestling, and then you had the first match of the night, Leo Rush versus Jordan Devlin. Very good back and forth. Uh, Devlin, though, ended up victorious. All right. Let's see here. Austin Theory versus, well, no one. He ended up getting his ass beat by Tommaso Ciampa because Tommaso said not tonight, not in the mood. Actually, great segue because next week, Austin Theory will be going one-on-one with Tommaso Ciampa, who still is wrestling like he's got a chip on his shoulder. I like the feud going again, except for it's in reverse this time. Johnny Gargano being the one getting the better of Tommaso Ciampa. Getting the better of him, meaning using a title belt to help aid Adam Cole, who literally was out for 100 count. I could go back and forth on that report, but Anyways, it'll be Austin Theory versus Tommaso Ciampa, and I guarantee you Gargano's probably going to interfere in some way, shape, or form. Oh, yeah, Chelsea Green doing a photo shoot with her manager, Robert Stone, whatever. Uh, And then James Drake and Zach Gibson, they beat uh, Mendoza and who else? Ah, Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wilde. You know, I think it's a great infusion of NXT UK with Gibson and Drake. I think they, I'm not sure what their travel schedules are, man, but thank you, Colin, for asking that question. Colin from Ithaca, New York. Wow. Someone all the way. That's cool that you listen to my show, man. Thank you. No, for real, thank you. If you have any questions, man, you can email 
or actually messages back and forth, and I'll do my best to respond live on the air at Russell underscore radio. So, the Bruiserweights, the Broserweights versus Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch, very back and forth, ground and pound match, fist for fist, foot for foot. <clears throat> okay, so the first, very first match, Birch and Pete Dunn go at it in the ring. They were tussling you know, toe-to-toe. They did some chain. They get up. The fans give the applause. It was very had a very uh, organic feel to the match between the Broserweights, Birch and Lorkin. So um, the Broserweights ended up winning the match. And then you see Undisputed Era backstage. And then, and then Prompt, because Keith Lee was going to discuss his North American title defense against Donovan Dakotovic, which that match, holy shit, there's some definite... I want more or fight forever chance going on in the crowd tonight. And then Dijakovic, you know, he's, got, he's gotten a little better. I mean, he's got, he's a big guy. He's not a great mic. That's the only thing. It's great, great match. Just somebody needs to talk for that fool. Just saying, he just, he needs some coaching on the mic. That's it. Caden Carter versus Chelsea Green's. Followed that match. Um, obviously, interference from outside. Robert Stone pulled the leg of Caden. Allows Chelsea Green to get the unprettier. I'm not. At least she used the distraction to get, you know, capitalize on the victory. Very basic, very simple. Very easy match, you know. But Belair kind of did have a hand saying, oh, no, girl, I'm all for you. In the middle of a match, a challenge was issued to Charlotte Flair from Bianca Belair. I thought it was kind of this night was kind of chaotic on NXT, and I will get to AEW. Don't get your panties in a twist. Oh yes, and Roderick Strong versus Velveteen Dream. Velveteen Dream hit the uh, Dream Valley Driver, but you know there's a lot of back and forth in that match. It was very good. I thought they played out the story very well. And I think NXT did a you know a very good job tonight. Except for the fact that starting off the night with a cruiserweight championship match, not a bad taste, not a bad idea. But now, folks, I'm going to switch gears, if you will, to AEW. Um, AEW Dynamite. Okay, let's see here. Let's let's see here. Cody Rhodes. This is the first deal case. American Nightmare and Wardlow. The Lucha Brothers took on Adam Page and Kenny Omega for the AEW World Tag Team Championships, dear Lord, to determine the next challenges for the tag team titles at Revolution. AEW scheduled a tag team battle royal, the same entire division. Okay, so <clears throat> the tag team battle royal. Hi, Jeebus. Okay, it's something different. It's something new. I'll give AEW credit for that. Um Show open with all the tag teams in the division already inside the ring. So Jack Evans was the first man to be eliminated when he dove onto everyone from the top rope. Everyone caught him and threw him out together. The Dark Order. It was Santana and Ortiz who played dirty by waiting several minutes before getting involved so they were fresher than everyone else. Smart. That's smart on Santana. Santana. Santana and Ortiz's part. All right. Proud and powerful, last tag team of both members still in the ring. We got down to the final four. So Matt Jackson against Santana and Ortiz with Sammy Guevara providing some assistance at ringside by being outnumbered. Okay, so finally, uh, the Young Bucks are in the title picture. About time. Okay, and we saw plenty of them in the first few minutes. That's fine. Um, so that was easily their best battle royal. Um, I don't, okay. So, (laughs) I don't know quite what to make of this, you know, if that was their entire night. Are you serious? So a battle royal determined the whole, okay. No, man, I think what I'm trying to say is, Oh, 
Cody versus Wardlow in a steel cage match. Okay, okay. If Cody wins, he will have fulfilled all MJF stipulations and earn a match against MJF at Revolution. So that was the. Okay, so Moxley is scheduled to face Jeff Cobb and cause AEW in ring debut. Holy fuck. Kenny Omega and Hangman Page will defend the World's Heavyweight Switch Brothers tonight. Blah, blah, blah. The Young Bucks won a number one contendership. No shit. Who's ever result page this is, you suck. Chris Stratlander defeated Shayna. So I believe that's the women's division. Britt Baker was on commentary. Uh, he She brought Tony Schiavone a skinny latte. How nice. Um, let's see here. Tony Schiavone interviewed Nyla Rose. Taz joined commentary for this match. I'm a fan of somebody, but Taz instantly became the best. So Taz is on commentary for the lifetime, folks. I know that. Moxley defeated Cobb. Okay. Cobb hit an overhead throw and a drop kick. So it's like Samoa Joe versus Moxley, except for Cobb is a little bit. They look the same, folks. They kind of do. Cobb hit a series of clubbing forearm shots. Okay. And it's just reading the cliff notes. Moxley went to work on Cobb's left leg. Moxley blocked a tower or tour of the islands. Cobb blocked a paradigm shift, so a lot of back and forth. Okay, so after the match, Jericho and Hager, Guevara, and Cobb started stomping Moxley. Oh, Jesus. There's more to the inner circle. Jesus Christ. Lights went out. Oh, wait, the lights went out, folks. Darby Allen came out using a skateboard as a weapon. Son of a bitch, that had to hurt. I don't know how well someone can take a, a skateboard to the fucking noggin, but let's see, I've been hit by a kendo stick and beaten the shit out of by Tommy Snow. I'm not comparing myself to a company that's bigger and badder than myself, but taking a skateboard as a professional wrestler I'd rather take a steel chair with glass shards in them because taking a skateboard is a fucking bitch. When the dust cleared, Jericho and Moxley were the last two standing. What a teaser. And Jericho chased a few strikes and Jericho bailed. Of course, you know, that's good though. That's good for the story that Jericho bailed away out of the way of Moxley. AEW World Tag Team Championship, so Omega and Hangman Page. I must have fallen asleep, but I guess they put it on Worthy Men, you know, like Omega and Hangman Page. And they beat Ray Phoenix and Pentagon Jr. to retain the Tag Team Championship. So Omega hits a Kotaro Crusher and a Shooting Star Press from Page. Pentagon and so... Right out of the gate, their match was high octane. So I'm going to say what The Undertaker said to you know, a few independent workers that are breaking into the business. Uh, you do you know, another flippy, flippy move, and then you do another one, and the audience is expecting more. What are you going to do when you run out of shit to do? I think these guys are professionals, Omega and, and Paige. But, um, so Penta teased the pile driver, Omega blocked, and Paige hits a pop-up powerbone. Phoenix hit a tornillo through the floor on Paige. Holy shit. And then Penta hit the Penta driver on Omega for a near fall. So a lot of uh, falsies and a lot of um, <laughs> a lot of back and forth in this tag team championship match, folks. And then, let's see here, a video package played highlighting upcoming AEW action figure line produced by Wicked Cool Toys. So I think it I'm not mistaken. There's a steel cage match, Cody versus Wardlow, all right? Rules are pinfall or submission only. So it's your st- not your stereotypical cage match. It's a cage match. Cody hit a high kick, Wardlow. Oh, I hate people that do this. Wardlow no sold it. Wardlow then hit a, you know, then Ward, he hit Cody Rose with a lariat. They lawn darted Cody. Literally, I mean, this dude, I saw some of it. 
he threw Cody into the cage like Rey Mysterio got thrown into that trailer by Kevin Nash and WCW. Copyright infringement, you asshole. <laughs> After the commercials, you see Cody, uh, he's starting his comeback. It's a Cody Cutter. Damn it. And more than something resembling an F5 to cut. Quit taking pop shots at the other company, you dickbags. Stop that. You guys are awesome folks, but please stop taking your little low blows towards the other company. As long as they don't know it, the company would get a, you know, our fans would get a laugh out of it. Yes and no. I'm very bipolar with AEW folks, if you haven't already noticed. And then Cody hits a power slam. Then MJF hits a senton. MJF then grabs Wardlow in the diamond ring. Cody hit a low blow. Hit Wardlow with the ring. Holy shit. So he hit Wardlow in the face with the ring. All right. And then the outside MJF tried to climb the cage. And then Brandy Rhodes, holy shit, nails MJF with a chair. Arn, Arn Anderson throws MJF over the barricade. All right. Then Cody hits crossroads for a near fall. And then he gets on top of the cage, hits it with a moonsault. And then MJF backtracks. And let's see here. Cody said, I'll see you at our event, blah, blah, blah. This is why I say, you know, at least now they're starting to listen to you know, reason. There's no... I mean, I've been saying this for weeks about certain things at AEW. Their tag team division, you, they had to have a battle royal. Okay, I don't... No other company, well, maybe New Japan, maybe, maybe NWA might do this, but it's insane to have a tag team battle royal for number one contendership. But you know what? I give them credit. It's something new. It's something that hasn't been done before. There were some moments, though, in the Lucha Brothers, Phoenix and Pentagon versus Hangman Page and Omega that made me think. They were in the ring for a whole entire minute, and the referee didn't count. I guess they just let them fight. The type of mentality that you have to have when you watch AEW is some of it will make sense, and then other parts of it is complete bullshit. Like, um, I thought Brandy Rhodes was supposed to be a part of a faction. Or did they, I don't know, did they kill that idea? Maybe not. Honestly, folks, I'm not for sure, okay? She was originally part of a group with with Awesome Kong. I, I don't know. Are you with Cody? Are you with Kong? I mean, I can nitpick, okay, Britt Baker brings Shivani a, <clears throat> a latte. And then Taz comes out for some of the commentaries, and it's just like, he's the best announcer ever. Whoever did this blog, you biased fuck, Taz is a great announcer, yes, and he proved that when he announced SmackDown Live, when he, you know, when he was part of WWE. It doesn't discredit him currently, but you know, him adding to the full effect, you know, announcing alongside Jim Ross. I wonder though, was Excalibur there by any chance, or did they fire the poor asshole? I mean, he's probably a decent dude. And I can say this as a fan. It took AEW X amount of days to realize maybe we ought to go with uh, Matt and Nick Jackson of the Young Bucks. I mean, they are the most qualified team in AEW right now. They had to earn it. I'm not saying that SCU and Omega and Hangman Page are not. And whatever, whoever faces Omega and Page... Godspeed, man. Omega's one of the best wrestlers in wrestling history right now. And some of you are saying Omega versus Rollins. 
Look, man, Omega Rollins, they both help their respective companies out. And you know something? I am going to be biased towards NXT because that's that's the brand that literally is still after five years is still making people chant NXT, NXT. And some of you are saying, well, they lack a certain something. They lack the chutzpah of a professional wrestling company. <laughs> Allow me to tell you this right now. The following segment is set to either offend or inform you. The following segment was born on March 7th, 2016. It is a show that cannot be plagiarized or taken from. If I or anybody that listens to this show catches you using Off the Rails Uncensored, is a copyrighted podcast coined on March 7th, 2016. If you use any likeness thereof of the title Off the Rails Uncensored, you will be prosecuted in the court of law and fined $45 for however many times you have used the phrase off the rails uncensored. Now, if you have small kids, I suggest that you plug their ears with cotton or toilet paper or oil toilet paper. I don't care. If your kid listens to the show, there's something sadly fucking wrong with them, okay? If they go out and repeat this shit to their middle school principal, their high school principal, it does not matter. If your kid is under the age of 14, they should not be repeating the shit that I say, okay? Because I drop more F-bombs than World War I and World War II, okay? <clears throat> so, folks, without further ado, the following content is not suitable for minors under the age of 14. Buckle up, fuckers, because you're about to enter into my own brain. So enjoy the bipolar roller coaster that is off the rails uncensored monkeys in the truck do my bidding dig it called Portland Takeover, and it was the very first NXT in Portland, Oregon. Yours truly witnessed this whole schlemiel up front and close and personal. All right. From top to bottom, the card for NXT Takeover Portland was amazing. Now, granted, AEW has their pay-per-view coming up on February 29th. For those of you who um, <clears throat> do not have the Bleacher Report live app, that is how you can do it, or you can do it through Fight, or you can be a cheap ass and you can watch at your friend's house. It is $50 for their pay-per-view, $49.99. Whatever they charge you with tax, I am not responsible for disclosing the amounts per state. Some states do not have the ability or capability on fight, so you might want to try Bleacher Report Live, my friend. Catch Cody Rhodes versus MJF. To catch the Young Bucks versus Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. Hopefully they don't fucking do a Nitro. <clears throat> what WCW did and have all their great matches on WCW. I am hoping and praying, and now people are probably going to boo me for saying this, I hope that the Young Bucks actually win because it would make sense. They're one of the best 
known tag team in AEW. I'm not saying that the Lucha Brothers are not. I'm not saying that SCU or whoever else is associated in AEW as a tag team. There are several. But to do a battle royal on tonight's show, how many fucking battle royals does it take to screw in a light bulb for AEW to get the picture, man, when it comes to tag teams? Did they really need an over-the-top battle royal to get everybody involved? They're like, well, everybody's getting a fair share, blah, blah, blah. They could have had a gauntlet match. They could have had a street fight. Anything that would be so cool to captivate the fans' attention, but no. Oh, no, no, no. We had a battle royal. It was quick. It was straight to the point. And in the end, the Young Bucks won the match because the timing was right. I, you know, I can give fair criticisms when it comes to AEW and NXT. My only criticism for NXT was, why are we following suit of what, you know, the main roster is doing? And still, especially during the match, let's pick up a microphone and talk. It works because in NXT, it's just straight to the point and then drop the mic. I thought the funniest one tonight was uh, Bianca Belair getting in the ring and basically essentially saying, hey, I'm all for you, but I've got a message to deliver to Charlotte Flair. Fucking amazing. <clears throat> if you ask me, the, the speech is there. She can mic. Bianca, although, you know, she's got that annoying bravada of being a ghetto bitch, according to some of you, which have been leaving messages, like, can you comment on that? Can you call her this guy? I'm not going to call names, but, boy, she has the bravada of ghetto queen. No, 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 no. Queen. Get it right. And whenever she says, girl, you don't go here, that phrase has stuck in my head. And for those of you wanting me to call her names, well, your dreams may have come true because she has that ghetto bravada. Like, what is your obsession with that word, my friend? Is it Killeen? How do you spell it? Is it Kellen? Kellen, okay. That's an odd way of spelling my name. Where are you from? Denver, Colorado. Okay. That makes perfect sense to me now. <laughs> I'm just reading from what he said. He said, she has a ghetto bravada, and I absolutely fucking love it. I just like her presence. Like, Bianca Belair, in, in professional wrestling, you have to have what we call, you know, a certain kind of presence, and you also have to, you have to have a presence about you that the fans will fucking remember. Because if we don't remember you, we'll just move on to the next person. And plain and simple, man, if we don't, if your name's not well known in whatever state that you go to, I'm just going to put it like it is or tell it like it is. You're not going to be well perceived in this, in the professional wrestling business. It's very, it's very much like, okay, it's a trend. No. Wrestling is not a hobby either. Best way to describe this thing. <clears throat> Best in the business. No, 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 no. It's a crazy Ragnarok, if you will. And if you don't catch the audience's attention right away, boy, you will be forgotten. And in that case, I'd like to, you know, add tonight's show. It was a bit all over the place for NXT. And, yeah, AEW is getting better at structuring their stuff as evidence of tonight. I said a little better. I didn't say, OMG, I'm going to start watching AEW again. Although I do have to report what I thought was interesting and the fact that they were able to tease the audience with the heels running away tonight like Jericho and Hager and all them and Guevara and Jeff Cobb. Like how many <sighs> My only thing is if you have a faction, how many members can you include that would make sense for your group to function? I mean, dear Lord man, you've got Guevara, you've got Jericho, you've got Jake Hager. 
it makes sense to some of you because they're like, oh, I have a faction of friends just, and I'm just like this guy. <laughs> it's okay to compare and contrast because we all do it. But what I am trying to say is when I was reading uh, some of the results, uh, I had flipped back and forth between TNT and, U- and USA. I'm thinking to myself, what in the actual hell is going on? You know, Jeff Cobb is now included himself in the inner circle. So that's eight guys. You need eight guys to, to make a point. What is this? Aces and eights all over again from TNA. And one, okay. The psychology of a steel cage match. So MJF didn't want anything to do, obviously with Cody Rhodes. So Wardlow and Cody Rhodes go at it in a steel cage. Let's have specialty matches every single fucking week. Let's have a tag team championship match on a live show, because that's not uncommon. Look, it's not uncommon for shows to have championship matches. It's not uncommon for the heel to run away from the baby face when they're face-to-face, and the heel does not get the best exchange from the baby face. I get it. So the bad guy runs away, teases the audience. Tit for tat, whatever. I just want to point out, man, I don't dislike Chris Jericho. I don't dislike Cody Rhodes. And I do not have an issue with Taz, uh, you know, doing commentary. Like I said, I'm going to be very bipolar with AEW because it started out nice. And then it went from... Holy shit, you know, there's only five in the inner circle now. There's eight. Where the hell is your women's division? Can someone... They had one women's match tonight, one in which no one probably cared for on the card because AEW does not have a women's division. They do not. And despite people want to... If you want to object to what I have to say, yes, they have Awesome Kong and Brandy Rhodes and Britt Baker. They have amazing talent, but are they using them? And then, oh, I just want to also, just a side note. So, there was a former, there was an article about a former WWE superstar in NXT, Jeremiah Constantine, that said that, he, you know, I have some concepts that will help the show with the Fiend, you know, the Fiend concept and Seth Rollins' character development. He sent it into a writer. Guess what? Uh, there's a saying People steal shit all the time And I'm not condoning it But I'm just going to say it If you don't put your Copyright on anything Nowadays People will most likely steal From your dumbass And even if the writers Stole The concept for Seth Rollins And Bray Wyatt And you know Transformed or transposed Bray's character into the fiend Here's what I have to tell you It doesn't matter man You could say I wrote the most wonderful novel In the whole wide world But if you don't fucking have the publishing company And the copyright to back it up Guess the fuck what It's always going to be a case of Well they took my idea Now you look fucking petty And now they're like Well I sent it into the writers Again You didn't copyright your shit and you did not think things through. If you have an idea, it's best you keep it to yourself. I want credit for it would be more like, why weren't you a writer then? Because I've had instances where I've heard songs on the radio. I was like, man, that sounds just like my song that I wrote. But didn't have the money or means to, you know, copyright and make it say, oh, this is my song, by the way. Can I get royalties for it? Come on. That bullshit. Or as I famously and other people like to say where I'm from, get the fuck out of here. And that was the side note of the night. A new feature on Off the Rails Uncensored. Crazy, crazy world order. Anyways, as I was saying, I am very bipolar when it comes to NXT and no, 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 mainly AEW. 
Jeff Cobb's in AEW, has been in AEW, Taz has been commentating a long while for uh, AEW. <clears throat> Caliber, please tell me you're no longer there. I just I haven't heard anything from the dude, but thank God. Tonight's show, you know, when they when I read the results and saw some of it on TV, it's kind of like, yeah, this did happen. There was a huge ass battle royal. Yes, there was the annoyance of making the young bucks wait because if they would have started off right away winning the championships, the crowd would have booed. So the fuck what? This is the same wrestling crowd except for they transposed themselves to AEW. Bunch of bandwagoning fucks. Some of you. Some of you saying I just like watching it for strictly entertainment value. To me, it's great because you have two companies going head-to-head in competition. And yes, AEW has beaten NXT the last six weeks in a row in ratings. However, did you see Portland Takeover? If that's the formula that we're going by, eventually, yes, NXT will gain viewers based on their performance on the network, man. I'd say, wow. And at least they didn't... Sometimes NXT has had specialty matches on air, and there was a reason for Cody versus Wardlow. It was the fact that MJF was like, if you win, you know, you get to face me at our next pay-per-view event. But if you lose, then you no longer get to see me, grace me with your presence, have at it, blah, blah, blah. I like that setup. I think it was... uh, a very old school feel to it. If you win this match, this and then you get me. But if you don't win this match, MJF has you know a look to him. He's got good mic skills. It's gonna be a good match on the 29th. You know, for those of my Kansas City friends, have fun in Silverstein. That's all I'm gonna say. All right. It's gonna be. It could be. I mean, it could be fun, but, you know, here's what I have to say, okay? If I watch AEW, my head will just squeeze, you know, like somebody's squeezing a fucking lemon. It's very slowly the juice out of my brain comes out and goes, why? And that's mainly not just for the women's division, but why would you need two people out there in a match? Because MJF tried to scale in the cage, and then Randy hits him, you know, with a steel cage door, and then after that, kaboom, Arn Anderson throws him over the fucking barricade. And I'm guessing that got a holy shit chance. So, anyways, I'm going to say this right now. Great match. I told a story. What does a professional wrestling audience want? A story. If you don't have a story for them to, you know, see or hear, Guess what? I, as a wrestling fan, have vowed to never ever watch wrestling again. That I'm going to watch it the next next day after because I'm that kind of bandwagoning fuck. Sadly, folks, that describes three quarters of the wrestling fandom now. I get so mad because The Undertaker lost at WrestleMania 30. I'll never watch wrestling again. Some of you were true to your word. And then, what happened the day after? We all watched Monday Night Raw. And then, sadly, The Ultimate Warrior passed. But then another thing, you know, I'll never watch wrestling again if Asuka loses in New Orleans. The day later, we're all watching wrestling. Then a year later, AEW comes about. Uh, oh, I really want. I I don't know if I want to watch WWE, but have AEW to watch, and then they watch AE or WWE. 
like I said, I am extremely bipolar with AEW because why? It reminds me so much of WCW, a little touch of ECW, and old AWA, old NWA stuff. Giving the wrestling world, or wrestling fandom, I should say, us and others, it's like flavors of ice cream. You've got your hardcore matches, you've got your specialty matches, you've got your what-the-fuck moments, and I don't know what to say about the women's division of AEW because it's like um, the 49ers' defense and the fourth the fuck happened. Even though you know, it's a lose-lose situation for me. I'm reading all of your messages as best I can, my friends. Wrestle underscore radio. Send me a message if you would like, you know, to book me, to book me, to book you on my show. I've been guest deprived. Something I'm going to touch on, folks. I'm not, I'm not shy about criticizing myself either. But, you know, I can do that. I can do the legwork, trust me. I can find somebody or a team or an awesome, awesome female competitor to be on Moi's show, Off the Rails Uncensored or Wrestle Radio Network. Yes, I do late nights, but I can adjust my times. It doesn't matter. I have open availability for guests on my show. That's something that I like. So if you wanted to ask... That's something that I've always prided Russell Radio Network on. Um, and you know something? The numbers right there on the Blog Talk website as well as the introduction on Facebook page and also the Instagram page. So for those of you inquiring minds, I want to know, Jesus Christ, all the messages, dear Lord, this is funny. Um <clears throat> Let's see here. I'm reading a question from a fan of mine that asked how my trip was in Houston. Uh, It was great. It was great. Um, I had a lot of fun. I went to Pinkerton's Barbecue. I went to the – there was a fountain in Houston that I went to, dear Lord. And the building, you know, the Sam's Tower, the Sam's Tower fountain, yes. And it was – I mean, that fountain was gorgeous, man. It was gorgeous. You hear that noise in the background, folks? That's the inbox for Wrestle Radio Network. This is awesome. I'll get to your messages as soon as I can. But right now, like I said, I have to focus on the point that I'm trying to bring home, dear Lord. And that is, I am very, you know hopeful that AEW will keep the competition going in WWE. I mean, things were a bit stale for a bit for a couple of years. Thank you, NXT, for making us, you know, aware that there is the black and gold brand. And when they brought names in, like Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, they re-brought Finn Balor back down. They're bringing Charlotte Flair back down. I don't know if they are. I mean, I don't know if she's floating Raw and SmackDown Live. I don't. No, but I think it's really cool how NXT has reemerged to get to keep re-evolving themselves, and it's amazing that they do. Even in the NXT UK, with announcement that they're going to Dublin, Ireland, is um, April 26th, folks. Mark your fucking calendars. It's going to be amazing. I mean, for the first time ever in NXT Takeover in Dublin, and it's NXT UK. So, I sing praises, I also criticize because it's more or less, I want to suggest things, even though I know I'm not a part of any creative staff or anything at all. I just want to, as a fan, be like, and a former worker, a manager, if you will, still a former worker, but anyways, I love this thing we call professional wrestling. I love the sport of professional wrestling. Why? It's a therapy, man. 
my fucking therapy in AEW, I do want to point a few things out. They didn't take as many pot shots as they did. I will say this. Having specialty matches, they're lucky people have not, not gotten hurt. Although, you know, in the past, I, I did tend to notice certain things with what they were doing, especially, you know, Cody Rhodes taking an unprotected chair shot. Shit happens, right? You get concussed, you get back up, you do it again. No. In that instance, fuck no. <clears throat> I don't speak for Cody. Did he regret doing it? No, because it got attention and got people buzzing about it. Arn Anderson getting involved in matches. Um, respect Arn, mad respect to a legend, but holy fuck, this shit sounds, I mean, it looks like an extension of the Indies. How? With Except for the fact that they've got more cameras and more bullshit, because wrestling, you know, <laughs> just watch the show, have a good time, don't critique it. Why, and I'm going to say this again, why is we are fans, some of us, getting critiqued for pointing shit out? I mean, some of us used to be on the other side of the curtain, some, you can tell, read on the internet what kind of terms wrestlers like to use and how they conversate, but it's not the fucking same! Cage match was decent. And my question, though, is why is there so many people on the outside? Like, why is Brandy and Arn Anderson out there to monitor MJF? I mean, come on. It should not take three people to get rid of, you know, of MJF. Really, all it should take is Arn Anderson, right? Because he's fully capable. I mean, the man hasn't wrestled in how many years, but he's been a part of so many great matches. And begs the fucking question, why would you have that many people keeping someone in order? Psychologically, in a cage match, anything goes, right? So MJF gets thrown over the barricade by a man that could easily have gotten his ass beat by MJF. That's another thing I'm going to throw out there. Eventually, Arn Anderson's going to get hurt really bad because, I mean, Arn still looks like he can go and throw a few. But at the same fucking token, if there's a dude bigger than him, like, ooh, Jeff Cobb or Jake Hager, what, what's Arn going to do? Spinebuster their ass on the concrete floor? One thing I always never understood about AEW is why... Is there more than one person out for a specialty match? Yeah, Brandy Rhodes take control of the whole situation. Isn't she supposed to be part of a faction with Awesome Kong? I'm starting to be a little confused here because women's division only had one match, and then Britt Baker comes out and commentates, and they say, well, maybe if you paid attention. I don't pay attention to trash. That is their women's division. You have Jazz, you have Austin Kong, you have Britt Baker. You have several people that failed tryouts in NXT UK. I can tell you that because there's probably five or six people from the women's division that was either in the Mae Young Classic or decided, I'll give AEW a shout. That's the, you know... My assessment on the AEW women's division. It's complete and utter trash. You've got Brandy Rhodes heading up the division. Come on. You have Austin Kong, who's amazing. And Britt Baker, who is a good athlete. But like I said, their women's division. AEW's women's division is so bad. It makes the worst food on your plate, the food you least eat on the plate. Like, the garnish looks so delicious. Like, throwing shade at AEW's women's division. Maybe I should repeat myself. Yes! I am throwing shade at their fucking women's division because they, some of you are saying you couldn't find anything negative on this night. No. I can still find shit to point out as, to, as you know, being suggestive. It might be in your best interest, guys, to shorten the factions, maybe just to two instead of three, four, 
because Cody Rhodes has a group. Randy Rhodes has a group. Then you have the Dark Order. And oh yeah, the big kahunas. The Inner Circle. With Chris Jericho, Jake Hager. So on, so forth, man. Too many cooks in the fucking kitchen. Please stop. And tonight, you know, the tag team battle royal, we had the ooh-ah moment probably when the dude got thrown out. They caught him and then threw him on the ground. It started out, you know, with the scene where people were beating the fuck out of each other. And also during the tag team match. Near falls are great. You know, fall season are great. Some may say, well, at least it's better than NXT and what they're doing. You must be smoking something because... NXT is definitely doing something. They're rekindling a feud between Gargano and Ciampa. Because Ciampa said, I need to clear my mind. I need to get rid of... Well, there needs to be a world without Johnny Gargano. This is the second attempt at turning Johnny uh, into a legitimized heel. I think he was already. Come on. The man always choked. Like the Chiefs used to Before they won a championship And yeah I mentioned them Because what the fuck ever You know Oh it's their 50 year anniversary Must have them win a title Give me a fucking break Just like Ciampa's like not tonight Not tonight big fella Austin Theory You know caught wrath of what Caught the wrath of Tommaso Ciampa And I'm gonna tell you I find it amusing when people try to piss people off. It's just like, come on. I I, I like the story angle that's going with this, but I think Austin Theory's probably going to upset Ciampa or Gargano's going to do the usual, I'm going to attack Ciampa before the match. He's going to be knocked out in the parking lot, blah, blah, blah. Gargano probably is going to use the, it should have been me. Or they can completely fool us and do a surprise attack, a sneak attack in the back, and then let Ciampa look like he's passed out. I don't know. I'm just throwing ideas and suggestions out. Well, actually, I'm just throwing my idea of what would happen next week. It could be completely opposite. Gargano can sit at home on a nice, comfortable satellite interview and then show up, surprise the fuck out of the fans. Like I'm saying, like I was saying, NXT has rivalries that are rekindling. They've got stuff that makes their company feel like it's evolving. Their brand, that is. Whereas AEW, the action isn't bad. Some of it's entertaining. Other parts of it are cringeworthy. Parts that are cringeworthy, let me just... Why in God's name you put Jeff Cobb in the forefront of working with I mean, absolute worst that we can ever do. Is have more people in a faction. That I mean, they're, it's not that people are not clamoring to be around Chris Jericho, but um, when you have one, two, three, four, five, six, that's like almost eight people in a group. What is the boy band, you know? If you can harmonize with the inner circle, you'll get a free pass into the inner circle. The way I feel about it, man, is like you've got Cody Rhodes' group, you've got Brandy Rhodes' group. I mean, what happened to it? Or what's left of it, if it's still around, it probably is. Snatching females bald. Come on. Having a cage match made because he had to take the stipulation. Okay. Cody Rhodes had to take the stipulation against Wardlow. MJF tried to pawn him off as some kind of use for himself. Which I find, you know, I I just find this shit entertaining, you know, just to watch AEW in an attempt to uh, give the fans 
something to jeer about, boo about, whatever. But, folks, if you were smart, you should have booed Cody Rhodes. Because why? Be different. That's why. Okay? Cheer from whoever you want, but the man did have his wife interfere and Arn Anderson. That automatically in any other wrestling setting makes him a heel. But I guess we want to live in the day and age where, you know, certain things are the way they are when it comes to setting up a heel versus a baby face in the wrestling world. So you got to give slow hinting teasers and say, by the way, they're going to have a standoff and they're going to look like tough guys and one of them is going to get out of the ring. So Moxley and Jericho. Bad props because you finally got it. Instead of trying to feud Moxley with Pac or Moxley with Omega. There's got to be an end to me, right? Sometimes there's no resolution at all. But this time, this time, there is one. And we don't know if Jericho is going to lose the championship to Moxley or not. We sure as hell know, though, that uh, I like the combinations. This is on a different. We're going to switch gears here in the last two minutes, all right? Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne, that whole setup with that gimmick, amazing. To whomever created that whole concept, wow. You guys did a phenomenal job of pairing these two because it's complete contrast. One's serious, the other one's not. One's completely all about wrestling, the other one's busy asking the question, how much fish could Bobby fry, or Bobby fish fry if Bobby fish could fry fish? See, even I got fucking turned around on that tongue twister. But the point is, one company's already super evolving themselves, and that's NXT, the black and gold brand of WWE. The other company, yeah, they're fresh and new, and they better, they're doing better as far as structuring what they need to structure. And that is, they're trying to structure Jericho versus Moxley. Smart, smart people. He kept the feud alive for, for a whole week or two or three. I just want to point this out, though. For those of you who watch and strictly AEW and say that WWE's You'll probably hear this from friends. Man, you missed a good show. Same thing with WWE fans. You'll probably hear from your AEW friends saying, man, you missed a great show. Good, great. It's professional wrestling. And yeah, I will state my opinions and my observations without any qualms about it. Like Smojo, when he sat there talking to Jeff Hardy, saying, hey, this isn't AA. Sit down, shut up, you'll have your turn. I love saying that. Because it's fucking true. If you didn't like what good old Brian Reynolds had to say, then I got three choice words for you. Forget about it. Oh, yes. Because two bitches, I have a lot of shit to do tomorrow. Good night, toodles for reals. Thank you for listening to my show. I got to go into Dreamsville. Dig it. Look in my eyes. What do you see? I'm the cult of person I'm the sea. The cult of person I'm the sea. That's the second time that I've had to sing my own goddamn theme. What are you monkeys in the truck doing to moi? And obviously, not paying attention. No, by all means. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I know. I know. 
Have fun, folks. Toodles, bitches. Sorry, technical difficulties. Take two. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. (laughs) 